The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue looking at the servant songs of Isaiah, we have seen that the Son of God was the steadfast servant in Isaiah chapter 50. As we began learning last time, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are in complete agreement in the matter. All three persons of the Godhead are in perfect harmony and are perfectly steadfast in their commitment to the redemption of His people. There may be many things in life you can't count on, but the complete unity of the Godhead is one thing you can always count on. Join us today as we conclude this study of the Song of the Steadfast Servant from Isaiah chapter 50. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
See, that's the purpose of preaching the gospel. That's, that's, that's the reason, as I said this morning, I have an urgency to preaching the gospel. It's not so that I can get one more saved for eternity, but it's that I can get that message to those who are saved for eternity so that they might have this assurance too and show them Christ. And those that see Christ and believe on Him have everlasting life. Not because they believed and not believing doesn't take eternal life away many will see here in a few minutes don't always have the light of the gospel but they're still children of God but oh the assurance that comes with the gospel message and seeing and hearing that because that's the will of God that none be lost and you know the beauty of the of the complete unity of the Godhead also lies in the complete invincibility of the Godhead Notice that here in verse 9, he says, Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. You realize that nobody can even really raise their voice against God. I know you hear them raising their voices against God every day. I get that. We hear people railing against God, tearing him down. I saw something on YouTube not long ago where some atheist was really tearing down some Christian, uh, atheist philosopher, tearing down some Christian theologian. But I'll tell you, beloved, when it comes to the presence of God, you just need to talk to Job and his friends and see how loud your voice will ring when God shows up. Because I can tell you that when the, you may talk big, Job and his friends did, oh, Lord, I just want to see you. I've got to lay my case out before you. Job said when he heard the Lord finally face to face, came to face to face with him in the whirlwind, he said, I've spoken once, yea, twice, but now I'm going to lay my hand on my mouth. I don't believe that we'll be speaking in the presence of God, bringing accusations against him. Notice he said, who is, he said, who is that that shall condemn me? You know, his very name is Almighty. 
I mean, he's called that many times in Scripture. Over in Revelation 1 and verse 8, when he appeared to John there in his glory, he said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. That word Almighty is the Greek word pantokrator. It comes from two words, which the one word means Lord or ruler, and the other one means all. And you put them together, and it means the one who holds sway over all things, who is the ruler of everything. That's what almighty means, isn't it? He is almighty. You know, we're told over in Revelation chapter 19, uh, he said he heard the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. He is omnipotent. Daniel, well, Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel learned that lesson. Remember what he said? Let's just turn over there for a minute and get that right. Daniel chapter 4, after he had been told he was going to get turned out to pasture, but he still didn't repent. He still didn't change his ways. And he got turned out to pasture just like the Lord said he would. And in verse 34 of Daniel chapter 4, we read that at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. You know what he was blessing when he got struck down? He was blessing himself. Look at great Babylon. It's not this great Babylon that I have built. My hands have built. And, and when the Lord manifested his power, you know that happens every time. The Lord manifests His power. Nobody stands in His presence. Nobody runs up to Him and says, Look what we've done, Lord. In Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, he hit the dirt. When John saw Jesus Christ in all of his glory on the Isle of Patmos, he fell down at his feet as one that was dead. That doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't happen that any other way. He said, I bless the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Now listen to this. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? That means you can't stop him, and you can't even question him. Isn't <laughs> that glorious? See, the complete invincibility of the Godhead means that the complete unity of the Godhead will be done. Their will will be done. Verse 9, look at the, end, the latter part of verse 9. Lo, they shall all wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. Anybody who attacks the Godhead is moth-eaten at best. <laughs> at best. Sometime, we won't turn there tonight, but read, look over in the book of Revelation, the 17th chapter. The first 14 verses talk about all these forces that gather themselves against the Son of God, and they come up to battle. They surround the holy city. They're ready to battle, and it's just the most anticlimactic battle in history. It's not, you know, we, people talk about the battle of Armageddon and all these great things that are going to happen. It's going to be, you know, as if the issue is going to be in doubt. It just says, the Lamb overcame them. For he is king of kings and lord of lords. It's, it's almost like, you know, here's this buildup and it's buildup. Look at all these terrible forces of evil and the demons and all the, all the peoples of the earth are coming up here. And, and it's almost like God said, 
But you know, that's, that's just so dumb because he's king of kings and lord of lords. What did they think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I love that, that, they, that the Godhead is invincible. Invincible. And then we want to look just for a few minutes at the steadfastness of those who trust in him. Did you know that we'll, we'll never be as steadfast or invincible as the Godhead? We won't. But you know, we come pretty close sometimes. Not, not in the sense that we have any power within ourselves, but there, you know, we're living in a world that tosses us to and fro. We're living in a world that's gone crazy. But there's a way that we too can be steadfast as the Godhead. Not in the same sense of some innate steadfastness, but when we cling to what is promised in the Word of God, we can have that steadfastness. Look at what it says in verse 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of His servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Now look, this is telling us that this is talking to born-again children of God. Even the born-again child of God can have no light. Just a few chapters over in chapter 55, he, asked, he tells us, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. That tells me there are times when he may not be found. He may not be near. It's not because the Lord's moved. It's because we've moved, you see. There's a time when, when we may have no light. You know, some are born in places where the light of the gospel is never shown. There are those that have lived and died their entire lives, and never heard the name of Jesus. It was, there were centuries when the Native Americans here in the North American continent were over here isolated from the so-called Christian world. They didn't have the light of the gospel. But we're told in Revelation chapter 5 and other places that there is a people in every kindred and nation and tongue. And that means there were some Native Americans there were people here in, in North America before they, it was, quote, discovered by Columbus that were children of God that lived and died. They did not have the light of the gospel. But you know, you can also lose the light of the gospel. Did you know that? Some are, not, are born in places where the light's never shown, but others leave the place where the light of the gospel shines and slip back into the darkness of this world. Prodigal son come to mind. Prodigal son had more, <laughs> the servants in the home of the prodigal son had more than the prodigal son ended up with down in the pig pens of this world. And I want to say to you, child of God, you, you think, you know, as we, as we sit here tonight, I'm sure it occurs, you know, sometimes I, I think, man, there's just no way, no way I could ever slip away. But beloved, there is a way. There is a way. And it doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little step here and a little step there. And the next thing you know, you've gotten back out into the pathways of this world. Well, you know what he's saying here? There's a remedy. That's what had happened here. If you go back to the first three verses, he talks about having, having divorced Israel. <laughs> he put her away. He said, your iniquities have sold you. Your transgressions are the reason your mother is put away. And these were the 
These were the, not just the chosen people in an eternal sense. They were the chosen people of God in a timely sense and that they had the oracles of God. Remember Romans chapter 3, I believe it is, where he says, What advantage then hath the Jew? Much, every way. For to them were committed the oracles of God. They knew these things, you see. Those pagans over there, you know, Rahab the harlot had only just heard about the Israelites and their God. She didn't have access to the Torah, to the book of Genesis. Deuteronomy. She didn't have access to the priests and the true worship. Many people don't have access to the true worship of God. But here's what he says to those who've had access and who have left it. They had left it there. He said, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Even those, you know, what he's, I believe he's talking about here, there's some, some little children of God over there that wanted to know what the right way was. He said, here's what you do if you're in that position. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. You know, there's some hope for you. You know, the world teaches that. That's one of, one of the problems I got with that parable of the sower. The way the world teaches it. The world teaches you that there's a wayside and a stony ground and a thorny ground. And every one of them are going to bust hell wide open one day. Because they're not children of God. There's only one that's a good ground. This child of God. I'm so thankful that's not the way it is. Because I've been in every one of those categories, sometimes on the very same day, Brother Craig. But there's a way out of those categories, you see. There's a way out. If you're on the wayside, if you're in the stony ground, if you're on the thorny ground, he said, let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay. That is to lean upon. Lean upon your God. Rest upon him. How do you do that? By seeking Him in this book that we call the Bible. Because you see, there's another, pro there's another way that He talks about in verse 11. It's the way of stirring up and then falling down. Notice what He says, Behold, all ye that kindle a fire, that compass yourselves about with sparks, walk in the light of your fire, and in the sparks that ye have kindled, this shall you have of mine hand, and ye shall lie down in sorrow. I believe that this he's talking about, I believe that this that's referenced here is the rebuke of God. Because see, what he's talking about here is that when you try to stir up your own light, you just end up where basically our world is today. That's what's happened. They've tried to stir up their own light. People today have kindled their own fire. And fires only produce spark. You ever tried to read by the firelight? It doesn't really help you. I mean, it's, it's hard. I, I can remember trying to read, you know, and getting down there at it. I don't believe I could now with these glasses. <laughs> these people have just, just kindled their own fire. They produce these sparks. And God says, all right, just walk in those sparks and see what happens. You know, I never thought we'd see a day, Brother Buddy, where people would question their own identity as a man or a woman. But that's where your own fire will lead you, child of God. That's where your own fire will lead you. Hosea tells us, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Over in the fourth chapter, in verse 6. Now we take that a lot of times, and that's as a jumping off point to preach about all the problems in the world. But notice he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, okay? But I want you to look at the context over in Hosea chapter 4. Why do they lack knowledge? Where, what happened? These are not people that just were by nature ignorant. I mean, we are by nature ignorant. 
But they had the knowledge. They had the oracles. Look at this in verse 1 of chapter 4 of Hosea. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Now this is Israel, child of God. This is, this is Israel under Uzziah and Jotham and Ahaz and then ultimately Hezekiah, praise God, he came back in and was a good king. But those three kings neglected the study of the word and neglected the preaching of the word. And there became a point where God had a controversy. That's like a legal battle. He's got a legal controversy with them because there is no truth nor mercy nor knowledge of God in the land. Now look what they're doing by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery. They break out and blood toucheth blood. They're doing everything contrary to the word of God. They're, they're worshiping, if they're worshiping at all, contrary to the way God said worship. They're living contrary to the way God said live. They're violating every commandment in the book. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish. With the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. He goes on to talk about striving with the priest and falling in the day and said the prophet will fall with you at night and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed, verse six, for lack of knowledge. Now notice this, because thou hast rejected knowledge. They had knowledge. They had the word of God. They just rejected it. He said, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Now you can't forget something if you didn't know it in the first place. These are children of God that knew the law. They just forgot it. How did they forget it? By not staying diligent to read it and to conform their lives to it. So what's the result? He said, this shall you have of my hand. If you try to kindle your own fire, you try, to, you try to stir up your own philosophies, you go back to the rudiments of the world, you neglect my church, you neglect my Bible, my word, you neglect the study and the living like you know that you should, this shall you have in my hand, you shall lie down in sorrow. <laughs> in other words, you're not going to be happy in this life. Now, I know we're not going to be perfectly happy in this life, but I can tell you, child of God, you can have joy in this life. You can have joy when you hear the Word of God preached, when you read the Word of God. As Brother Buddy prayed in his prayer this morning, these things in the Word of God are just seem to be new all the time. I read something that I've read a thousand times before and something new. There's something new about it when I read it. If you do these, you're going to lie down in sorrow. I haven't met anybody yet, child of God. I haven't met a child of God yet who was truly content in his own light. The sparks of that light that he stirred up never satisfies him. But I've met many people who are supremely content in the light of the Lord. That's kind of the way I feel here tonight. It's kind of the way I felt last weekend. When I come to the house of the Lord, when I hear other preachers like Brother Craig, Brother Buddy, Brother Tim, Brother John Morgan, when I hear them preaching the word, I'm content. 
I, I go back out in the world and I become discontent very quickly. But I can come back here. I can listen now. Praise God, we live in the best time I believe it's ever been. I know, I know things are horrible. But we've got access to sound preaching 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If it's not Grace Alone Radio, then you've got podcasts from other Primitive Baptist churches and preachers that are preaching the truth and, and songs that are godly and, and written that comply and comport with the Word of God. You see, if we try to stir up our own light, we'll never be satisfied. But if we will trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon our God, then we will have light and we will be content. You see, the most content we'll ever be is when we understand that this steadfast servant, this suffering servant of Isaiah, who was steadfast in his commitment to his people, went to the cross and saved his people from their sins. And that means that no matter where I go, no matter where I find myself in life, there may be all kinds of truths that are messed up and are confused and conflated and, and all the philosophies of this world that may assault us, but I can, I can stay upon that. I can lean upon that. I can't lean upon my own understanding. I can't lean upon my own works. My works are filthy rags. I've never seen a filthy rag yet that would prop anybody up. But the truth of God's Word, the truth that Jesus Christ, the suffering steadfast servant, saved his people on the cross, that, beloved, will sustain us and uphold us. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.